Hello, hello, and welcome back to this very fabulous bonus episode. I don't think that I have created a bonus episode yet. (laughs) My mind gets kind of like, I don't know, thrown up in between all of the regular episodes and, and not just my podcast, but because I kind of exist in the podcast world. I listen to so many different podcasts. And so right now my my brain is not really clicking on whether I have before. Don't think so. But I felt like this was necessary and that it would be very helpful to you. So when I originally created the Have Tough Conversations episode, throughout just kind of working through what it was I wanted to share in that episode, I felt like there needed to be a part two, right? Because having a tough conversation is just half the story. And the other story, which is the practical piece, and I'm all for practicability, um, is the how-to. And I think that that's where we really get tripped up. You know, I think that if you were to ask anyone, and even yourself, you know, is it important to have tough conversations, you would you know, probably say yes, no matter how much you don't like them or kind of how allergic you are to having them. But the how-to is where we get really tripped up. And so in today's episode, I'm really going to focus on giving you some real-life examples from my own personal life, actually things that I have experienced just this past week on handling and, and having tough conversations they are just different scenarios and I think it'll be good to kind of share them with you and, and show you how I'm putting what I preach into practice. And then at the very end, I'm going to share a really incredible experience that I had when I went into my Akashic Records and asked myself in a past life how to be better at having tough conversations. It was an incredible experience, something I'm still kind of buzzing about today, and that was last week. And the other me (laughs) gave me excellent advice, uh, four steps to really making sure, really just good, wise, practical advice that you can put to use immediately when it comes to your own tough conversations. So cool. That's what you have to look forward to. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to dive in. Um, in regards to sharing my own stories. So as I mentioned, I've really committed to doing this in my life and I'm just going to keep doing it. And the three conversations that I'm going to kind of, or the three little stories that I'm going to share with you, I think that you'll see a little bit of a progression over the three of them and certainly their outcomes. So the very first story was actually with a client of mine, someone whom I've been working with for over six months now. And how this client relationship started wasn't great in that they were late on their payment and I actually had to pull my services in order to get that first payment because they just, you know, weren't on the ball, even though I had done everything on my end, which was A, make sure I outlined that payment needed to be upfront, 
before services started that was in our contract and then two by sending them multiple invoices you know to remind them because of course we've all got lots of things going on so being that that was how our relationship started off i definitely saw some red flags but this was going to be a great count and it was definitely going to bring in a lot of money each month which we all know that Oftentimes, when there's a nice dollar sign attached to it, we're willing to put up with just a little bit more <laughs> than we regularly would. Um, and, and sometimes a whole lot more, right? So anyway, fast forward, it's been six months, seven months, I'm not really sure. During the course of this time, I have had to really like kind of chase down my monthly pay several times and things that make me very uncomfortable you know having money conversations is always a little bit weird but especially when you are having to track down getting paid it's like come on don't make me do this this is not fair you know like you wouldn't appreciate it if you were in my position and I think that's really the thing it's like this you know, this person who was in charge, you know, he's an employee, I'm a contract worker, but I know that if he wasn't paid, he wouldn't be showing up to work or he would be very upset. He would definitely be thinking like, you know, this isn't cool, what's going on? Fortunately for me, I was not so beholden to these payments that, you know, my life fell apart if I didn't get them on time. I mean, Consider the fact, and of course this person doesn't know that, but what if you know I was like paying all of my bills with that payment and they were consistently late? Not fun things to deal with multiple times. And again, I know if I was like an employee within the company that that wouldn't have flown very well. So the last payment that was supposed to come in for this month, which is June, started off late. I started making calls, I started sending messages. The same thing every month, my invoices typically go out about two weeks before they're due. Suffice it to say, I seriously had to track down my paycheck this time. And this time it was really not fun because they weren't like even responding to my messages at all. And it was like, <laughs> okay guys, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? By the time I actually got my paycheck, it was into the second week in the month. So it was right around the 10th, um, which is actually when it went into my account. But uh, what happened was I reached out and I just said, you know, this is, this is really frustrating and you have greatly inconvenienced me and I don't appreciate this. And I know that if you were in my position that you wouldn't have appreciated this. And I was upset. I let him know that. And basically what he shared with me was, well, you know, I'm not getting a paycheck right now. And, you know, I felt really good about you getting one, but I think, I think now is a good time to end our relationship. And it just blew me away because this is definitely a client that really needs marketing right now and can't just afford to walk away um, from it. In addition, 
when you walk out of a contract with marketing, you're pretty much throwing your entire investment away that you've been, you know, all the time that you've been working with them, all of the momentum, all of the the increase, unless of course you're bringing on someone else who's just really going to pick up, pick up the ball and keep running. Um, but he said, you know, we're, we're just going to bring it in house, which they're already too busy, which is part of why getting my paycheck was very difficult, but it was, it was painful. It really hurt. And, um, I think what's most important to share about this tough conversation was that, and, and the second one that I'm going to share with you as well is that these don't always come out well, <laughs> they don't come out good. I lost a client. I lost someone. I lost a good amount of income that was consistent every month. And that hurts and that stings. And even more so, it stung because, of course, it was a reaction to the fact that I finally put my foot down and said, this is not correct. This is not okay. This is not how you do business. And, um, and that didn't feel good. So while it wasn't a great outcome, what was really good about it is that I have been in the midst of transitioning my business and what it is that I, you know, that I, my services that I offer for clients. And this was the last client that I had managing social media. And that's something I've been wanting to get rid of for a very long time. And I think that considering all of the problems that I've had with this client since the very beginning, um, which weren't just on their end, crazy things happened on my end too that had never happened with the client. I've been working with them since 2012, not this specific client, but clients in general since I opened my business. Um, it was, I think, very, like all of a sudden I saw it was very clear that this was not a relationship that I should have been in. And so how this kind of escalated was a good thing. And so while I lost a client and while I lost this income, I was not only honoring myself, which I just think is so important for us to do, um, but I was also finally saying, okay, you know, this is, I was letting, I was letting it be what was. And after I got the message from him, I just messaged back and I was like, okay, cool, no problem. And I will, you know, make sure to send you all the information by the end of this month, blah, blah, blah. So I know for myself that that is a situation that is going to turn out for my benefit, even though on the front end, it doesn't look like that. I think this is a good example because when we walk into tough conversations and even if it doesn't go well, we need to really have faith in ourselves, especially when we're standing up for ourselves, especially when we're doing the right thing and we have done the right thing, which I 100% did on my end. And I think it's really important for us to just kind of say like, all right, this is happening for a purpose and then give it space to see that purpose because everything that is meant for us will stay, period. Like, it's just, it's going to stay. Obviously not if we're like total and complete jerks. That's not what I'm talking about. But like I mentioned, I had done the right thing. I had played the game. I had been very patient with them in the past. 
if they had even just, you know, communicated with me from the very beginning and said, hey, Anna, like, we're running behind, but, you know, we're going to get that out to you as soon as possible. Cool. Thank you for communicating with me. I'm a human being. I can understand. Okay, so that was situation number one. Situation number two was with another client. And this is a client that I am working on, like, it's project-based, so it's not month-to-month. This is a client who also, kind of from the beginning, hasn't hasn't provided the things that I've asked for when I've asked for them. Like, I've kind of had to chase them down to get them to participate in this relationship. We are building them a website that is part of the agreement in regards to the project. And when you work on that kind of a project, it is absolutely a partnership. It was a partnership that was laid out very clear from the beginning in regards to what their involvement was, what they would be handling, what they would be providing, and what we would be doing. Those are things I always have in agreements and are set forth up front. However, it was pretty obvious very quickly that although this project may be a priority to them, providing the information and documentation that we needed was like, you know, a problem. And I had to chase it down. And um, part of this is uh, when you're doing a project like this, there's like homework, hand quotations, that is a sign in that, okay, by this time next week, I need this information and this information from you. And that is so we can move at a steady stream and we can keep knocking things out on our end. And several times I had asked for information and it wasn't given to me and wasn't given to me and constantly having to follow up, constantly having to just like really be on top of things to even have a conversation. And I had tried in the past to have a conversation about this with this client, but it kind of got swept under the rug in regards to, it was like, yeah, 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 we're, you know, we'll, we'll get it next time. Um, mind you, every time that this situation has popped up, I'm like, hey, is there something I can be doing better on my end? Because that's important. And I certainly have blind spots. I'm not perfect. So... After a situation of about two weeks, me trying to get homework done and get this information so that we could proceed on our end, finally I got this person on the phone. It was during a scheduled meeting. This person was in the vehicle, which when you have a scheduled meeting, like you should be able to be in front of a monitor of a computer so that we can have that exchange. That was not the case. And I could tell immediately that things were tense but I just kind of said like, look, you know, we, we need to figure out how to make sure that the homework is done on time. You know, is there anything that I can do on my end to make this easier? To which this person responded, not well. <laughs> and basically made comments and said, well, you know, it feels like this is college and, um, when I, when I start speaking sometimes, what actually happened, like, goes straight from my head. So I'm, I'm pausing here for a second just to relive what it was.
So this person made a comment of like, oh, hey, I'm not in college and this has like really been a drag. And, um, and to which I said like, um, it's not college. This is part of our agreement. And these are things that need to be done on time so that we can move forward and keep you know, processing. And of course there was like no real response. Um, it was basically just like, okay. And I said, Hey, you know, like, it seems like you're upset. Uh, you, you know, would you share that? Would you mind sharing that with me? And to which it was responded, like, I'm not upset. You seem upset. And I said, no, I'm, you know, trying to have a conversation basically. And the response was, well, you get what you give or you get, yeah, you get what you give. And at that moment, I just knew it was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to hold this person accountable because they have no interest in being held accountable, which is what that was. And unfortunately, you know, that is just the way that that is. I share this example because I think it's really important to understand that while we can do our best to approach a situation and to have a tough conversation, that doesn't mean that the other person wants to have a tough conversation, right? That doesn't mean that they're open or willing or even available for that. Um, this person knows that he has not only wasted my time multiple times by showing up to meetings or not even showing up to meetings, telling me last minute that things weren't done. Um, this person knows what he has done, but he had no interest in being held accountable for it. And so in the midst of having a tough conversation, I think we also need to realize that we can have all of the best intentions in the world, which I did. And not to say that I handled either one, like the first or second conversation, the best that I could have. I'm not saying that by any means. I, I could have maybe handled them different or maybe there's some way in which I could have elevated myself. Um, I'm learning here too. But I just think it's important to really recognize, hey, we can show up, we can do our best, and that just doesn't mean it's always gonna come out well. That doesn't mean that they're always interested in having that. So it is what it is, and we will finish this project up and move forward. Obviously with those two examples, what I have really learned and um, within my business, because both of these are related to business, is just that Obviously, I need to really elevate, like I need to really set firm expectations for my clients from, from the onset, which I think that I do. <laughs> I, it's included in the agreement. We talk about it on the front end. We go over it. However, I'm clearly like there's something missing here and I'm still kind of meditating on that. I know it'll come to me when, when it is time. But that is my lesson in regards to both of these situations. Now, the third one was a personal situation. And it was actually about, uh, it was a workshop that I was attending. And it was a four-week course. The very last one was canceled last minute. I was not given... I was given like conflicting information about what was going on. None of it was very clear. Um, it was shared with me through someone else in the class instead of the person who ran the class. And 
they pushed the class back a week, which also pushed my schedule back a week and was an inconvenience to me. Um, and when I did show up to the class, everyone who, uh, well, I'll just say that, that it didn't feel good to be there, that the chatter that was happening was, was not good. And it felt, it felt terrible, quite frankly. Um, basically like five out of six people in the class had wanted to cancel and it turned out they like wanted to cancel because they had been in the training with this instructor for another class for another uh, program like you know for two days and things were kind of running over and so I was left being the only one who like wanted to go to class <laughs> um it was also presented to me in a way like I had a choice in that, you know, they were like, hey, Anna, do you care? Is it okay if we cancel this class? Which if five out of six don't want to go, do I, do I really have a choice? Um, and it really rubs me wrong. And it really was like upsetting for me. And, you know, these are really good people. And the instructor who runs this class is a fantastic instructor. Um, he does a great job and I know that none of this was done maliciously. And so, you know, it, it's always harder to like deal with yourself when, or like deal with like these icky parts of life when you can, when you can see and, or, you know, inside of you that like they didn't have any bad intentions, but yet this thing happened that made you feel not good right and maybe you're like carrying around this little chip on your shoulder and what it is is like it's a building of resentment um and like what are you going to do about that resentment right are you just going to ignore it or are you going to honor yourself and do something about it and because i'm having these tough conversations <laughs> i had emailed him uh like you know when all of this happened and let him know that I was very upset. And the response that I got was, you know, like he definitely apologized and, but I walked out of that email still not knowing what had actually happened, even though I had a pretty good idea. And then two, just feeling like, man, this was, this was handled really poorly. And just again, not feeling good, having resentment. I think this example is so great because this is gonna to happen to us sometimes. Like people are gonna rub us wrong and we're gonna know like nothing was badly intentioned and or we're hoping for that, but yet like we don't, we don't feel good. And so like, what do we do with that not feeling good, right? I know you've been in situations like this, like maybe a friend of yours did something and like it just really didn't sit well with you, but you didn't really wanna have the conversation because you're like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like you could totally talk yourself out of it but you still like felt something. And the next time you got around them, like you still felt something and you carry that something with you. What that is, is resentment. And um, there's a really amazing quote by the holistic psychologist that came across my feed the other day. It just blew my mind. She says, resentment is a sign you've abandoned yourself. That is huge. Um, I'm just gonna say it again. Resentment is a sign you've abandoned yourself. Huge, huge, huge. 
So after some like back and forth, you know, there was a week in between the class getting canceled and then attending the class. And I just realized like, you know, I need to have a conversation with him, my instructor. Like I just need to talk to him. A, because I need to get this off my chest for myself. And then B, because I know that he's gonna go on to teach people. And I don't want someone else to feel this way if something like this happens again, right? Like it needs to be handled differently. And the whole thing was, is that it wasn't handled honestly. It wasn't handled directly. They didn't call me, they didn't call me at all, um, but they didn't call and say, hey, Anna, you know, we're, we're exhausted. We've been in class for the past two days and things are kind of running over. Do you mind if we push back the class? You know, it's, it's not the best excuse, but it's just kind of where we're at. We wanted to call and see if you would be cool with that. And I would have said like, sure, you know? Um, okay, here again, I'm a human. I can understand things happen, right? I feel like we all can. And so... I had a conversation with the instructor. We talked on the phone and I just let him know, you know, like upfront, like, hey, I need to get this off my chest and I need to share this with you. You know, like this is how you need to handle this the next time. And I know you had no malicious intent, but this is the way it made me feel. And, it, and that sucked because it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like I had a choice. It didn't feel like my opinion mattered and my schedule was inconvenienced. And it just didn't really seem like that was important. Like it just seemed like that was going to be, you know, that was going to happen anyway. Um, and I, I felt manipulated because no one was honest with me or direct with me, right? It's like everyone gets invited to the party, but like not you. <laughs> and you're like, hey guys, what's going on? And nobody's telling you. It wasn't good. But I had a wonderful conversation with this instructor he was very open with me. He shared, you know, like what had happened. And even though at first there was a bit of defensiveness on his end, and, and he certainly, you know, was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. And I said, that's okay. I'm not looking for you to do anything. Because really, me having this conversation with him was more about me than about him. And more about me also like not wanting another student to experience this in the future, right? And also me admiring him as an instructor and being like, look, you're great at what you teach, but this is how you, this is how you should handle things when this goes down. And so I share this with you again, because I think that this example is something, you know, it's like, it's something small, it's not a big deal, but those something smalls, they crawl underneath our skin and they start make, making places that like aggravate us. And it's all about honoring ourselves, right? Like I needed to honor myself. Even if he would have reacted really poorly, I would have gotten off that phone and been done with it. And that was all ever I wanted anyway, right? It was just to be like, done. Um, I wanted to move on, which is why I waited so long to have the conversation because I was hoping it would be, but it wasn't. So that's my third example. I hope that that's useful for you. I hope that, you know, like a, a good lesson coming out of that third one is to like when you go to have those conversations about maybe something little or that's indifferent, I would say, A, understand what 
what you're wanting to get out of it, if anything, and then why, like, be really clear on your why in regards to why you're doing it. And those things will really help you have courage in the midst of speaking your truth, right? And in, in, in standing up for yourself and honoring yourself and your feelings. Because I got to tell you, I woke up the next morning like, whew, it's gone. And it was even gone as soon as I got off the phone. It was probably gone mid-conversation. Because it's not like I was trying to hold a grudge. I like, <laughs> I don't know how to hold grudges. Um, but anyway, oh, I just hit the microphone. I know that you know what I'm talking about here. And I hope that these three examples, three different types are of use to you. So now I want to share my story with you in regards to going into the Akashic Records. I have been studying the Akashic Records for several months now, since back in April, and loving it. This particular journey was done in an advanced Akashic Record reading course that I took, and it was incredible. If you are unfamiliar what the Akashic Records are, they are basically like this digital library in the sky, if you will. Um, it exists everywhere and it records everything that happens in our lives on this planet. And that means whether it's this life or a past life, this makes it very, I mean, like you can literally Think about it like a library where you would go to learn about yourself, to get insight and information, even to get insight and information for future decisions. Not that the Akashic Records is good for you know future telling because it's not, but it's not because of free will. And free will, you know, <laughs> destiny can have something like set up for us, but we've actually got to do our part to meet that destiny in order for it to come to fruition. So um, that is what the Akashic Records are. I will, yes, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> okay, so I was going in, it was an exercise, and basically we were going into our past lives and the exercise was to ask the records to talk to one of our past selves so that we could ask them a question. We were specifically looking for a past life where we were successful and wise so that we could ask for wisdom. I decided that my decision or my question would be, how can I be better at having tough conversations? Um, again, this theme has just been popping up so much for me over the last couple of weeks, not only because of things in my personal life, but with everything that is going on in our you know, culture, everything with the Black Lives Movement, um, with politics, with COVID-19, I mean, we are having to have a lot of tough conversations. And I've really been doing my part to not only practice this, but to learn how to be better. So I went into my records and it was really cool because this being, I will call her, stepped out. I asked the records, you know, like, how can I be better at this? 
and this being stepped out and at first she was wearing kind of like this I'm just going to call it like a um, costume but not a costume let's I'll just call it a costume for costume's sake but it's more so it was her well I'm not gonna go crazy with that anyway she was wearing this there she was she was covered up and this this outer appearance was was weird and and scary and and I wouldn't say scary because I didn't feel scared but looking at it like if I hadn't been in a, you know, in a better frame of mind and or understanding that I'm completely safe in the Akashic Records, I might have been freaked out. <laughs> I mean, like she had hooves. Um, it, it, was, it was just, it, it wasn't pretty, you know? And, and there's this, I mean, she's like crazy tall, super giant. And I was just standing there and I was like, okay, get my composure. And I asked her, I was like, so how, you know, like, you're here to tell me how to get better at tough conversations. How do I do that? And she looked down at me and she said, you're not scared. And I was like, no, I want to learn. And the whole costume just dropped. And she didn't look, I don't want to get lost in the details of the way she looked, but all of a sudden I could see her. And I could see that this outer covering was not her at all. If anything, it was like a protective uniform of sorts. She is a queen and she was a warrior queen, not just a queen, a warrior queen. And I think that maybe that was like a protective battle, you know, uniform of some sort. But um, I said, no, I just want to learn. And she looked at me and smiled. She was like, I like that. And I was like, inside, I'm like, this is my, this is definitely me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I reiterated my question and it was so beautiful. And she just started pouring, pouring into my heart. And she said, the first thing, Anna, is you have to lead from your heart. You have to completely speak from your heart. Number two, remain open and vulnerable. Really talk about how you feel, how you felt affected by something. And a good example is, you know, me calling my instructor and just being like, you know, this, this didn't feel good. I know that you didn't have any malicious intention, but it didn't feel good. So that's number two, be open and vulnerable. Number three is to not be afraid to be quiet in the midst of a conversation with someone to gather my thoughts, you know, like to take a pause or to ask for more time to consider what's going on in that conversation. So this is specifically, you know how it is when you have tough conversations sometimes and emotions get involved, then we lose that ability to really kind of be objective. And that happens to me all the time. I'm a very emotional person and I can really react. And so, um, this was fantastic advice for me because it like, you know, gave me the uh, approval to calm myself, you know, like before, like to not be afraid to take a silence. Because I think that there's some part of us, it's like, well, if we don't come back with something snappy really quick, then they're going to think we're weak and they're going to think that we don't, you know, that we can't stand behind what we're saying. And 
Maybe that's just me, but I feel like that's a lot of us. So not being afraid to be quiet, but then also if we're in the midst of a conversation and we just need to take a break or we need to walk away, be okay doing that. That is something that uh, my partner and I practice in our, um, in our disagreements. You know, like if things are starting to get emotional or whatever, it's like, okay, let's take a break. Let's walk away. Take five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is that we need to kind of get our heads back. And don't be afraid to do that in, you know, like in her sharing this with me. This is like in with your friendships, with your working relationships, like whatever the case may be, don't be afraid to do these things. Being able to stop a conversation and take a moment for yourself is like ultimate strength. So that it, it is not, if, you're, if you do that, pat yourself on the back. Because not only are you pushing your ego aside when that happens, but you are giving yourself and the other person a chance to come out of the conversation with a good ending. And then finally, the fourth thing was be the first person to start the conversation whenever possible. Now that's not always going to work. We know in all kinds of situations, maybe like our boss is upset with us and like they just come after us first to, you know, to, to discuss that. Or maybe even a friend, you know, like we get into a disagreement with a friend and like they want to come after us afterwards. But whenever possible, be the first one to start the conversation. Not only does it give you like a place of, you know, it, it helps you feel empowered and that like you are taking control. You are maybe standing up for yourself. Maybe you are being the one, the bigger person, which is always what the person is who starts the tough conversation to address it and move on. Not that we're better than anybody else, but again, it takes a lot of strength to be the first person. And with all three of my examples, I was the person to initiate the conversation. Um, obviously, like with business, these are just not things you can get out of. But with my personal example, I had to be the one to start that conversation. And I got to tell you, there, there was a big part of me that was wishing that he would be like, hey, Anna, is everything cool? Like, do you want to talk about it? You know, um, and I would have been like, yes, yes, let's talk about it. But that didn't happen. And so I had to be the first one. And it turned out to be great because by the time I did make that call and we did get on the phone, I knew exactly what I wanted to accomplish. And I knew exactly why I wanted to accomplish it. And so I was super clear in my communication and it turned out great. Okay. So this episode ended up being like so much longer than I thought it would be. But my hope for you is that this is of use and that this is helpful and that you see how it is, you know, you can start approaching tough conversations. And if nothing else, taking the advice from my past life, me, number one, lead from the heart. Number two, remain open and vulnerable. Number three, don't be afraid to be quiet during the conversation or to ask for more time, you know, to step away. And number four, be the first person to start the conversation whenever possible. I really hope that this is as valuable to you as I want it to be. These are, yeah, my own uh, messy (laughs) examples. 
but I think that they're good and I think that they could add something. So thank you for joining. Definitely uh, share this with anyone that you know could use it. Please, if you like it, share it on social media. We really need to make tough conversations a much easier thing to do. And I know that if you join me in that, then we'll get it done even faster. Because if there's anything that I know about human beings, like we all want basically the same thing and none of us really want to fight. And so it's just the awkwardness of doing it. And then honoring ourselves is so important. I close here and again I thank you and I honor you make sure to keep out I will still be posting a soul lesson coming out this Wednesday that will be on a different topic I'm actually very excited because um, it was laid on my heart that what I need to talk about for our next soul lesson is having a personal relationship with God creator spirit universe whatever you would like to call that what that looks like, how you can do that, and why it's so important. So make sure you join me on Wednesday. And again, thank you.